Howdy and welcome to the Brother Sister Show. My name is Livia. I host this with my brother, Anthony. Um, we're on our 39th episode. We're going to talk about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Like we do, we talk about a movie every week. But before we do that, we're going to catch up. So yeah, so what you? the hell? What the oh. hell, Olivia? <laughs> that was the first thing on my list is um, let's talk about why we delayed. <laughs> have we ever done that? I think we Never. have. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we have for like the holidays. Oh, the holidays. Yeah, but. <laughs> All right. So let me get into it. So everybody knows and I, I should have planned for this, but everybody knows that I've I'm in the middle or I was in the middle of moving. It's pretty much done now. But <laughs> like I said last week, I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop and it kind of did. There was a lot of things that happened, but the thing that actually delayed it was I didn't know when I would have internet. (laughs) Because the thing, I guess the thing I can tell everybody that's, I mean, if you can't, if you, if you can like not move during a pandemic, that would probably be the best way to go about things. But if you were, I would call every, everybody that you like have something being delivered, whether it's a couch, furniture, internet, like phone service, whatever you need to call and ask like every day or even before you order it, you need to call and ask or at least confirm when stuff is going to be delivered. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because at least with the internet, this kind of happened with my couch. I wonder, I I can get into the internet thing first where I was expecting them to deliver. They're doing like self installs for the most part because of like COVID and (laughs) I was expecting the self-install like for the modem to be delivered on the day that I moved in and Mm -hmm. it just didn't like it never showed up and it said everywhere on the app on my email everywhere it said it was going to be delivered that day and so I called them and I was like hey what the fuck and they said that it's basically in back stock like because of COVID, everything is being delayed, like shipping, whatever they have available, I guess. And it does make sense. I mean, a lot of people are working from home, so a lot of people are waiting for their internet and or at least upgrading it or needing internet now, whatever. And so it just causes a bunch of delays. And he basically told me, I was like, okay, but like, when am I going to get it? Like this week, like what's happening? And he was like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) and this was on saturday and i was like i told anthony i could record i think i said like sunday or something or monday and i I didn't even realize till like this all of this the only thing i was thinking of obviously was work because i'm working from home now i need internet and i didn't want to be one of those people because i know everybody needs internet but it is frustrating when they give you a day and it doesn't arrive you know like if you I understand all these delays are happening, but you just you just got to tell me so I can plan. I can be like, okay, maybe I can get a hotspot. Like I, I I could have planned this ahead of time, and so that's why we had to delay. We had to make. I I ended up getting internet on Monday, so it was a quick turnaround. They got somebody to come out and do it, but I just didn't. Even then, when they told me that, I was like, okay, but like, I'm not gonna 
reschedule and say that I can because who who knows what's going to happen, you know? Right. So, yeah. Apologies for the delay. I think it's fine. I do feel bad that it had to be last minute, but... Gotta it is what it is. Do. The second thing was the couch, which is less important because I can live without a couch and I am going to live without a couch for like two weeks, I think. Whoa, but... what happened? <laughs> so it's basically the same thing with the internet. So I I was expecting them to deliver it on my move-in date. And, and two, like when I delivered or when I ordered it from... I guess I can say I ordered it from Living Spaces and I ordered it like a month ago. Like it was a while ago and they let me pick the delivery date. So I was like, oh, okay. Cause there's some um, couches are like a, a lot of furniture is in super high demand. So it's kind of hard to find stuff. And mm-hmm. so I was pretty diligent where I was like, okay, so it let me pick a, deliver- a delivery date. So it's going to be here on that day. And they were supposed to call me the day before. This is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> but they were supposed to call me the day before so I can schedule my delivery. They never did. So I called them and or I was like, oh, maybe I need to call them. So I called them and the lady was like, oh, OK, so your couch is in back stock. And I was like, OK, what does that mean? And she said, well, we don't know when we're going to like we're, we'll call you to when it's ready to be delivered when we have it in stock. And I said, okay, so like, do you know when? Because y'all let me pick a date that it can be delivered. (laughs) So like, it's not crazy of me to think it can be delivered that day. And so she was like, well, we don't really know. And but we'll like, as soon as it's in stock, we'll call you and we'll schedule delivery day. And I was like, okay, so that could be tomorrow or it could be next month. And she was like, ma'am, I can't really tell you. So basically, yeah. There's a couch somewhere. <laughs> That's basically so, they're like so you, we so you gave us $700, right? <laughs> you have you a told couch. told us to get a couch. Don't know where it is, don't know when you're going to get it, but you'll get it. Like that's that's insane to me. I was like, okay, but like like I, I don't know. It's it's so hard to be mad at I, like I don't want to be mad at anybody right now cuz this is such a shitty time, but it is such a like annoyance to me when you (laughs) they like would they let me pick a date and I was like ready to get a couch on that date and all the the only thing I was mad about I wasn't mad that I didn't get a couch when I wanted one right like that's kind of dumb to be mad at I'm just mad that they nobody I never got any notification of this so I what is I just supposed to like know that and then I asked her okay well just to be clear like I mean like I wanted to see what I did wrong. So I was like, so like, what do I do on the website? Because it said it was in stock. And she was like, okay, so what you have to do is you have to see that it's in stock. But then you ha- like, I had to like do all these other things. And I was like, why is it such a mystery? Why can't you just tell me, hey, we don't know when we're going to get this. But if you give us money, I promise you'll get it. It, sh- it was just insane. So I was like, okay, just cancel the order. <laughs> were, were there quotes around that in stock? Or like no, parentheses in, stock in theory? And it- well, it said in stock. And so and that the thing, too, is I was going to order it one that was like custom, like you can like pick the colors. But then when I tried to I was going to like check out, it said, hey, we can we don't know. Like you can you can't pick a delivery day for this because we don't know when it's going to be available. 
but it didn't. So it had that for that. And I was like, okay, I just won't get that then. And so I picked another one and it let me, it had a calendar and it let me pick a date. So I was like, okay, so this is ready and it'll be delivered when I need it. So just when you thought what I'm thinking happened now, thinking back on it, I think they probably had it at that time. And maybe because I ordered it, like this was like not a month ahead, but maybe two weeks, like two and a half weeks ahead of time. So maybe they sold out between then, but that's so weird to me. And that just makes me uneasy about ever ordering from them. So I just went, instead I got one from Rooms to Go and it's, they guaranteed me, the guy told me it is going to be, I was like, just please tell me it's going to be delivered. I don't care what day, just tell uh-huh. me it's going to be here. So I am going to get it on the 28th of August. So I do have to wait a while, but I mean, I have a, a roof under my head. So whatever. That's just the annoying thing is like, if I pay for something, I want to know it's like, at least I just want you to tell me. It was just so weird that I had to call and I had to like call the day before for them to tell me, oh, we don't know when we're going to get it. I want to know that the couch exists. Exactly. As you I want to know that it is somewhere in the ether. <laughs> but that's my advice, I guess, if anybody is trying to buy something. Because I've talked to a lot of friends that are trying to get desks right now. And it's kind of the same thing where it'll be in stock, but then they'll go and it's not there anymore. You just have to like call. You have to, if I would have, for living spaces, if I were to order from them again, I would call and make sure that they have it or call and say, hey, is this in back stock? Am I actually going to get it? Like what is happening? Like you have to call and make sure because i i mean like you like i said i don't want to be mad at people so i would like to have that expectation set so i can be like okay like it just i don't want to i don't know it's very it's just a frustrating time and maybe that's why i'm mad about it (laughs) but either way i'm in my new place i it'll be fine so that was such a rambling just just explanation of what happened but there you go how do you like it? How is it? Your new place? Oh, I love it. It's it's a lot bigger. I mean, I showed you on FaceTime. It's a lot bigger. It's I like the location. Um yeah. It's just it's it's kind of whenever I moved to Austin, whenever I moved on my own, it's kind of what I had wanted, but I couldn't afford back then. If that makes Mm. sense, like this is not obviously the dream home, like this is not where I want to live for the rest of my life, but it's, I'm proud of it is what I'll say. I think it's a big step up from your last place. It looks a lot nicer. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited for you to eventually see it in person. It looks cool. I'm recording from my closet. I couldn't, I, I probably could do that at the old place, but. This Not comfortably. Closet, I think this closet is as big as my restroom in the old place. And that restroom was tiny. Damn. I mean, you see, you've been in my old place. I, I'm excited for you to see the new one because I think over the phone it looks nice, like on FaceTime, but in person mm-hmm. it's a lot better. I bet. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty cool. Except I I still like I said, I don't have a lot of furniture. <laughs> So everything is kind of mismatched and I'm in the process of getting rid of some stuff and I haven't unpacked fully. So it looks like a mess in some places, but. How is the actual move? Like bringing everything? Is it 
first floor, second floor? What are we talking? So, okay. I, that's why I'm excited for you to see it because it, it's on the first floor and my patio. So I have like a, it's a balcony, but because it's on the first floor, I call it a patio. Um, mm-hmm. It's facing the parking lot. So when we came to the new place with all the stuff, we didn't have to move it. Like we didn't have to go through the front door. We just put stuff in the balcony and then just walked mm. around and put it in my apartment. That sounds nice. Yeah. So, and I do that now with my groceries. I like, <laughs> there's a parking spot that's always in front. That's always open and it's always in front of my patio. And so I'll just like put all my groceries in my patio and then I'll just, I don't have to carry <laughs> anything around. It's so nice. Living the dream right there. Yeah. And I have a, now I have a, I feel like I'm just bragging, but there's just so so many cool amenities that I never even thought of. Like there's a, for my, I I get a lot of pet. Well, yeah. Washer and dryers such. It's a game changer. It's so strange. I'm still of the mentality that I have to make an entire day out of doing laundry, (laughs) but now I just like put it, I'll just have like, I'll just have it going while I'm working. And I've just never had that before. I've always had to do it on the weekend or do it after work. Yeah. So that's nice. nice. Yeah. But it is, I don't know. It is strange. Like I said, it feels strange to like talk about like, to, I don't know, to be, uh, <laughs> to be like happy about something like this, but I am proud. Cause like, I, I the only reason I'm able to afford this place is because of me. So it's not like I'm like, you know, borrowing money or something. So I am proud of that fact that like I earned it. So that's yeah, cool. that's also why I'm comfortable talking about it. I feel like I don't know, there's something that I learned about when watching I think I talked about Rami, right? There's yeah. something called the evil eye. Have you heard of it? No idea. So basically in their culture it's where like you, you're you're not supposed to brag about stuff because then the, if you get the evil eye and that basically means that you get bad luck. So it's like bad karma for bragging about something or being like, like it's kind of the whole like be humble kind of thing. But oh, OK, yeah, so that I feel like I feel some of that. But like if I talk about it too much, then or maybe that's what the karma was, was that I didn't get my Internet in time. Yeah, that's what it was. You have a whole now- podcast where you brag about moving in. <laughs> oh, this nice couch. Boom. It's, it doesn't even exist. I know. And then now that I'm talking about it, the day that we release it, I'm, my internet's just going to completely go out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Enough about me. I've been talking for too long. What about you? I haven't. And because of that, I haven't really been watching anything. Mm. So there's not really much to talk about <laughs> on that end. But. Well, my moving wasn't as dramatic as yours. I don't know what the hell happened. I'm just playing. It really wasn't, though. I feel like you were like, yeah, I moved in. And then like a day after, you and Kayla had just all your stuff up. And I was like, I don't even... I I put my bed together. (laughs) Well, I I had nothing. Okay. Mm. I had like the the largest thing. Like all my computer stuff, like my monitors, desktop... Oh my god, electronics. That's like the big, biggest thing that I had. And I came, so I came up to College Station to move in like a day before Kayla and I came up with Dad's truck. And that was nice because I just dropped off everything. I didn't have to worry about it. Like I said, I don't have a lot of stuff. And I brought brought some of Kayla's stuff too. Um, 
and then we we the the day after I did a little day trip. The day after we came, we brought the rest of Kayla's stuff and built some IKEA furniture. Put our Amazon uh, dinner table together. It's it's been nice. I really like the place. It's it's cool to have your own place. I don't know, like having that dorm. It just didn't feel like it was mine. I just felt like I was in a hotel for three yeah. months, and I would just leave. Yeah, but it's been really awesome. Uh, just like chilling. I I've been watching a lot of stuff. Um, let's see. Well, last time I, I talked to you, talking you were watching Twilight. How did that? Yeah, go? so I watched the entire Twilight <laughs> saga because Kayla wanted me to see that. And have you never seen them? I don't think so. Um, Mom, let me know after this pain. when you hear this. But I think I went to you. I went. I went to one of the movies like in the theater with you. I think. I went to. I all think of it them. was. It might have been like New Moon or something. Mm. I don't know. I knew way too much about it. More more than I thought I did. But that story of what the, so the the first Twilight, like who let Stephanie Myers get away with writing Robert Pattinson's character like Edward? <laughs> you know He's what though so I weird. will say. So I haven't. I think I've only read. I've read the first book for sure, and then I think I started the second one. But. I don't know, but I I will say from what I remember, but I was a teenager when I read it. The first book is not bad. Okay, it's, maybe it's, it's just like, the movie adaptation. It's cheesy and it, yeah, it's 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 super cheesy. And honestly, the first movie, for what it is, for it being a teen like young adult kind of thing, it it's not terrible. But then I... the more it goes on, the more insane it gets. It's it's very like it, I it it's unsettling to me that <laughs> Stephanie Myers had that in a dream and was like, all right, we're gonna write no, this. But did you know how it started? Like why she wrote it? What do you mean? Oh wait, no. never mind. I'm thinking of something else. I thought it was the other <laughs> way around, but I'm thinking of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey. But that is stemmed from Twilight. I thought it was the other way around, but no, never mind. The idea is not terrible, but like, I just don't care for what she did with it. Yeah, the the vampires felt kind of lame. The only cool part was that they each, some of them had their own powers. Yeah. Where they could do other stuff, which is kind of cool. The first movie, eh. What is it after? New Moon was all right. Um, And then it's Eclipse, right? How was there five movies also? It went by so fast. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. What was the your last favorite? one I'll say I, w- I was like pretty interested. I don't know if it's just because I had I was already like so far in the story, but I was not eager, but I was interested in finishing the story. I do I, like the ending. I think that was pretty from what I remember was pretty surprising because I hadn't read the books. Oh, do you know what I mean? Oh, that yeah, part yeah, where it's yeah. like a whole vision thing. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that I, I kind of respected because I wouldn't be, I wouldn't see a young adult book ever doing that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, the whole Jacob as a character is weird. The whole like, I don't I'm, know. I'm so over this idea of like all, like the fact that like five different men in the book had the same taste for one woman. <laughs> you know that was kind of weird and in the book it was overplayed too or like 
every single guy that met Bella is that her name Bella every single yeah. guy that met her like was in love I mean she's she's really pretty but like the character herself is kind of boring <laughs> you know like I was like mm. I mean yeah, the love was... triangle itself feels uh yeah but like five other people I'm like come on <laughs> but yeah that was Twilight eh. <laughs> that's pretty good it was all right better stuff i watched clash of the titans man that movie that brought back so many different memories have you ever seen it and i don't even know if i know what you're talking why not? about clash of the titans it's yeah. like a it's a story about is this the a, guy from avatar yes he plays perseus i've the Greek heard of it but i think God. i've I feel like I've seen it in passing when you and it feels like a movie you and mom would watch. Yeah. And I would just movie. see it kind of, but it that, has that meme of release the Kraken, right? Is that what that's from? Yeah. Yeah. Liam Neeson is Zeus and he says that <laughs> Voldemort, the actor who plays Voldemort is Hades. Well, and Ralph, Ralph, Ralph Fiennes. Sure. I guess. I don't know. That's the actor's name. I don't know if it's Ralph or Rafe. I have no clue. We'll say Ralph. Gun to my head, I'd die. Uh, <laughs> Clash of Titans is good. I really want to watch Wrath of the Titans, which is the the sequel. But that's neither here nor there. Then another, because uh, Kayla's been working, I've just been doing nothing, playing games. I've been I've been streaming. I like only Ricardo watches. <laughs> but I, I like the idea because I can go back and rewatch some parts that have been really funny. Like I was laughing so hard that I had an asthma attack. Oh, that's another thing about. <laughs> Why don't you like clip them and then send them in the Discord? I might. I want to see that but, how you have an asthma attack. <laughs> it was like if you saw it. I looked back and I was like, "Why was I even laughing at this?" I was showing Kayla. She's like, "What? What is this?" <laughs> It it was probably me laughing, but also the mold. Oh, there's mold in my apartment. Oh, is <laughs> there? It. Yeah, and our we have a little patio. We're at first floor too, and uh, we have a little patio. And in the there's a little garage. I, we call it a garage, but it's like a little just a. Oh, it's like a storage room. Yeah, there was black mold everywhere. Ooh. Or we think it was black mold. It looked it looked terrible. Did you call the management? Yeah, we had some people come out and they uh, took away all the the sheetrock and right now it's just there, like the. Wait, why are you laughing about that? No, 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 no. I'm saying it was either me laughing oh. or the black mold <laughs> that caused me to have an asthma attack. My my asthma's been acting up a little bit just because the new environment. The because we have a carpet in here, so just all of the allergies. But mine. I think our family is just like weak. Yeah. Yeah, I think so because my allergies have been mine are bad all the time and my family is convinced it's my cat. I don't think it is. Man, when we that Thanksgiving, last Thanksgiving, <laughs> we almost died. I think it's I, I think you'll feel it though. I feel a difference because I think it was the apartment. It might have been. Cause that was like an older place. And I feel a little bit better. I mean, I have like, I still have 
just like seasonal allergies, but it feels like all the time. I it feels <laughs> a little bit better. <laughs> seasonal allergies all of the time. I think so. I I think that's what our family has because we're always all like sniffling and yeah, coughing. <laughs> But I, no, I thought I, that was the norm for everybody. But Sebastian like never has allergies, so I don't know. I yeah, do feel a lot better though. Hopefully, people can hear it maybe in the recording. I'm not sniffling as much, but yeah, I, I did a whole deep clean, like vacuumed, shampooed the carpet, wiped the the fan blades, took apart the the vent. It was like super dusty, and I just like vacuumed that out. It was gross. But yeah, they took out the mold. They haven't replaced the sheetrock, so we're waiting on that. <laughs> oh, um, I didn't know you had carpet. That sucks. My, I have, um, well, I say wood, but it's like, I was going to say hardwood, but it's like laminate. I have that. We have that in the like main living room, but it's just in our room that's carpet. For here, that's what's, that's kind of strange, though. I wonder if it's an Austin thing, but it's kind of the norm here when you're on the first floor, because like... They told me for second and third floor, there's some that's like laminate, but then just the room has carpet. But I told him if I can, if I can help it, I don't want any carpet. And usually if you live on the first floor and, t- and typically all the apartments that I tour, if you live on the first floor, then none of it is carpet. Weird. That like, could be why like, you just carpet just holds so much. What kind of I- ceiling do y'all have? Ceiling? Yeah. Like, do- is it flat? Uh, I don't know. It's good, well, I guess. I don't up. know. Just look. Yeah, look at your ceiling. Are you done? Oh, ceiling. <laughs> I thought you meant ceiling, like S E A L I N G. Ceiling, like the the what's underneath the roof? Uh, it's like the one in San Antonio, or it's like kind of. I don't know how to Is describe it. Is it like bubbly? It. Kind of, yeah. So what I've learned too, so the old place that I lived at, this is so boring. The old place that I lived at, or maybe not, it had, it, those. that's called popcorn ceiling. Okay. And that is prone to having, to holding asbestos. That's why a lot of modern places don't have that kind of ceiling anymore. And mine had that, so I also think that was a, probably not a great thing. Well, isn't popcorn or it's like, it's like balls? on the ceiling we could just like scrape it off is that not what yours looks like no it looks like like this stuff you couldn't it looks like like if you melted those balls you have to send me a picture but i learned that on i think tiktok (laughs) oh my god! and i think i don't know i just think my old place was and i also was not good about changing out the filter so i'm just yeah i'm just gross i think (laughs) <laughs> I think Sebastian, he like, every time he comes over, he's like, Oof. he's the clean one out of both of us. <laughs> it's got to be someone. Yeah, and it's not me. I blame, I guess it's me, myself. <laughs> There's no one else to blame. Well, I was going to say I blame having, like, well, mom's clean, though. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. <sighs> well, finally... Yeah. On a cleaner note, I watched John Wick. All of the, I just finished John Wick three. There's three of them. There's three. There's going to be a fourth in 2022. Oh wow! And Good those movies are freaking awesome. I, I love think those movies. I love 
Oh man, I hope nothing comes out about him, but I love Keanu. <laughs> I love when there's an actor that works all the time that looks like he like deserves it. Like he's nice. Yeah, he definitely you know? deserves. He deserves what he what he has. Good love movies. Him. Well, you know That's what pretty- we also watched? Scott Pilgrim Scott versus Pilgrim. the World. Well, do you have any movie news? I don't have any. Um, I saw a the the new movie posters for Tenet, and it says like only in theaters. Is that? <laughs> do I have to go die to watch that movie? Would you? Uh, eh, maybe. I really want to see that movie. I. Hmm. How, how much I, I is wait, renting though. a hazmat suit? <laughs> Just go to a drive-in. I'd... I'm sure a drive-in will... There's no drive-in in College Station. What? There might be, actually. I feel like that's the place where there should there would be some. Because there's nothing else? Because there's people that own, like, trucks and shit. Trucks and Jeeps. <laughs> Kayla's one of You're those. You're now entering truck and Jeep country. <laughs> Jeep Nation. <laughs> Jeep Nation does USA. Do the, does she do the Jeep wave? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I have to do it when I drive. <laughs> you have to do it. She holds a gun to my head. <laughs> do the Jeep wave, Anthony. Do the Jeep wave. <laughs> I'm just playing though. It's kind of cool because it's like, I know you, but I don't. Eh? I want to do that with, you know, there's a lot of, I have a a 2007 Blue Pilot license plate. No, I'm kidding. Um, And uh, I see a lot of, <laughs> There's a lot of people that have the same exact pilot that I do. Same color and everything. Not the same dents, but. Not that. Yeah, not the same dents. No. We'll just give them the Honda Pilot wave. Just the finger? Yeah. I, I did it one time when I was driving a different car that wasn't a Jeep and I looked like a <laughs> fool. Just out of habit. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the Subaru wave. There's a Subaru wave? No, no, I'm just... Oh. Oh, you were driving a Subaru? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you weren't on the... We were on a FaceTime call the other day with mom, and she, she was trying to show us she has a new car, and she was trying to show it to me and Emily, but it was dark outside. And so <laughs> She's like, oh, here's my new car, and we're like, girl, we can't see that shit. <laughs> all right that's funny you ready to take a break and then we'll talk about scott pilgrim sounds good need to send out a couple of thank you notes when's the last time you send a letter to your grandma maybe you need to send out some invitations to an indefinitely postponed wedding look no further the united states postal service has you covered that's right for this episode we wanted to give the usps a shout out for keeping track of all of our nonsense mail So head over to store.usps.com to copy some merch. Whether it be a U.S. mail carrier costume for your dog or your kids, or maybe even a nice tote, go support the USPS. All right, back to the podcast. Scott Pilgrim must defeat his new girlfriend's seven evil exes in order to win her heart in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Directed by Edgar Wright, based on the graphic novels by Brian Lee O'Malley, adapted by Michael Bacall and Edgar Wright, starring Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Kieran Culkin, 
Estimated budget of $60 million. Opening weekend, it made about $10.6 million. Yikes. In the U.S., it grossed about $31.5 million. And worldwide, it made about $47.6 million. Rough. I know. Very rough. And that was, I think that was like one of my notes that I didn't realize. To me, I think I found... I found this movie like a lot later than everybody. I don't remember seeing it in theaters and I don't really remember being a huge fan of it. But whenever I think back about it, I, in my mind, it's such a popular movie that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. So it's so strange that it, at the time it was not, <laughs> but whatever. And as far as critics received it. I don't know why I said it like that. It had a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 69 on Metacritic. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was really surprising to me. But I guess that does make sense. It's like a cult classic. Yeah. It, it fits the, the... I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> Keep on going. <laughs> um, well, the first thing that I, I kind of want to preface everything with is I kind of want to do this. Like like we said, or like I said before, it was adapted. It's based on the series by six of six graphic novels by Canadian writer and artist Brian Lee O'Malley. And I'm kind of going to do it like I did with The Old Guard. I don't really want... I was going to do a little background about it but I kind of want to just as somebody who's not familiar with any of the novels I kind of want to base my opinions on the world that the movie sets up yeah and I don't want to give an opinion on how it adapted it because that's not what this podcast is no I probably will never read it only this movie while we'll watch yeah I'm more of a I mean in this kind of sphere i'm it's kind of like for me comic books i love iron man but i'm not gonna read any of the comic books you know that's Mm -hmm. not my jam um well the first thing i love the 8-bit universal like logo thing i love those kind of details in movies and this one i forgot how many details this movie has it's a lot and it it's uh very similar to the the simpsons movie with the the 20th century fox yeah Yeah. or even i think during that one i also talked about this but um for zombieland it also has kind of it's not universal but i don't think it is it's paramount but i love when movies just start you know they just like they don't take any time to tell you what kind of movie it's gonna be Mm -hmm. um Oh, and another thing to preference my notes. I know I've, or not preference, preface my notes. Preface. (laughs) It's not Um, been that long. It's been a week. We used to do this (laughs) like this. I know. And you didn't even make a comment about how I added decimals in my numbers and I thought you'd be proud of me and you didn't even say anything. Oh, I didn't even. I don't know. Um, well, to preface, I know like uh, a month ago, the last episode that we did, I, I did a lot of deep dives and I've tried to do that with most of them. But with a lot of 
the comic book ones or no, it's not comic book, but a lot of movies that have so much trivia on IMDb, which is where we get most of the fun facts from. I just, it didn't make any sense for me to do deep dives because a multiple things that, like I said, a lot of this movie has so many fans that have already done all these deep dives for us. So it just doesn't make sense for me to do it myself. And it just, what was I going to say? <laughs> There's a lot of fun facts, and that covers those are the Basically, deep dives. I had another thing to say, but I totally forgot. I am losing it. But yeah, so we used I'm to not gonna... release podcasts bi weekly. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I know. I don't know. It's, I, I had it too. It just completely left my mind. It's okay. That was mainly the thing is that there's just so much about this movie that it doesn't make sense to like add more because then this podcast is going to be like five hours and I cannot, I'm barely holding on as we, as we're doing this now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. So the first thing that we know is that it's set in Toronto and they talk about it a lot. So it's not something that's lost on me. Um, And then Scott is also dating a high school girl, which is very disturbing. Gross. He's 22, right? Yeah, so that's a note that I have later that she's 17 and he's 22. And I wanted to put it into perspective for myself. That's like if me currently, if I was dating a 19-year-old. Gross. Which is a year younger than you. Five years? If I did my math right, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Isn't that gross? Can you imagine? Aren't you like like, 30 then? <laughs> Fuck you. If I was like, <laughs> hey, this is my boyfriend, and it was somebody that's a year younger than you. Oh, gross. All right. <laughs> but like we said before, the little details in this movie are just amazing. Um, the first thing that I noticed was, or the first couple things, is how they amplify the sound in a visual way. Like whenever they're playing, I think we start at their um band practice and every time he's playing you see these little kind of like lightning bolt things come out of his instrument and i just it's so cool and i it's such a a cool way to adapt a graphic novel because you don't miss any of those visual elements that were probably in the novel itself um yeah that's how it does that's how they do it in the in the graphic novel like because there's no audio to give the 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 viewer the reader that like extra depth like mm-hmm. there is music playing and they do that a lot through here it's not just they have like like at the beginning when it says our story or i don't know exactly what it says but it says something about toronto and then mark mark <laughs> scott pilgrim is dating a high school like it, that's all in writing and that that's that was like one thing that when when you told me when you said you wanted to do this movie I like instantly got fresh, not frustrated, but I, oh yeah, kind of frustrated because I was like, how are we going to talk about this movie? Because it's so visual. <laughs> but I think there's cool little tidbits that we can talk about. Definitely. And it's like Simpsons where there's so many little jokes. So <laughs> many. And I think that's what I, I think that's what I lost earlier. What I was trying to say is there's so many fun facts, but there's also just so many details that if I wanted to pick certain things to talk about, I I wouldn't even know where to start. I think that's what I meant is that like for like for the vast of night, there's a few things where I'm like, oh, I'm interested in what 
a switchboard operator does but this one is like i don't even know like what the fuck i would hone in on you know yeah there's a lot another little detail that i noticed was that young neil i forgot his name i think it's young neil right yeah yeah yeah, young neil yeah so he he's playing a game and there because there was like like little beeps throughout their dialogue that kind of serves as the background music and i didn't realize until a little bit into the scene that it was his game that was like serving as the background music that's another reason why i picked this movie is just because like the music in it is like really good it's fantastic now that you bring that up um our recent it'll be like a couple days when this is released but our question of the week the reason i picked it was because this movie and i think it was um, I don't know the specific wording, but basically what movie has the best soundtrack? Everyone was wrong. No one <laughs> said Interstellar. Okay, but okay, that's one thing that I wanted to talk to you about is because sound to me, soundtrack and score are totally different things. Like right now, the score uh-huh. to our podcast is that barking. <laughs> oh, you can hear but that? the soundtrack... <laughs> would be like the theme song okay i I think score and sound because if you notice the people that were answering it was musicals or it was ones that have like like, why can't i just be right interstellar is the best but it's the best score i'm that's not the quite you're right or you're right to yourself (laughs) oh i am right (laughs) but no no yeah you're you're answering the wrong question is what i'm saying no, yeah, soundtrack is 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 different. I'd say Fantastic Mr. Fox, honestly. Oh. Fantastic Mr. Fox is hard to beat. But I can read some of these. that I have it pulled up if you want. Yeah, and it's also on, if you follow us on Instagram, at, I think it's at Brother Sister Show. At Brother Sister Show, yes. Then you can, not only will you see all these answers, but you can give us yours and let us know and we can talk about it. But yes, please give us some. I think there might be some that I haven't put yet. You can include those if you want. Guardians of the Galaxy is the first one we have, which is, that's hard to beat, honestly. It's not bad, yeah. New Moon? I'm just gonna, (laughs) that was Kayla. That was Kayla. (laughs) Hamilton, The Greatest Showman, Grease, Rio 2. Uh, I don't lay miserable. You say it with the accent. Less misery, miserables. <laughs> Less miserables. Those are those are not bad. Except for Newman. Do you have one? I don't remember anything from Newman. It's all. Do it's I like have really emo music. Oh, I Fantastic Mr. Fox. For oh me. yeah, you said it. Sorry. Um, I don't. I have been thinking about this all day and I still don't know. There's a movie that I keep thinking of um, that nobody really talks about. And it came out like a couple of years ago. Do you remember that movie? Dope. Dope. Yeah. That one has a few, I think, popular songs, but it also has um, original ones that Dope I really is like. Good. That's the only Spider-Man. one I can think of. I mean, there's like musicals and stuff. Like Grease is a good one too. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is really good too. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I do have um if I'm going, I guess I can go off of the ones that I like so much that I bought the vinyl. I have the pretty and pink one. That 
soundtrack is for people that love 80s music such a great one and really any john hughes movie has amazing soundtracks but um did you know have you seen the breakfast club yeah did you know that the the song at the end don't you i think it's don't you forget about me that was made for the movie oh really i didn't know that i didn't know that either and I think other another band was supposed to sing it, and I forgot which band, but no clue. Yeah, all right, that's cool. Speaking of bands, Scott is in a band, and they're called Sex Babom, which <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what band if I had a band, what the name would be. Uh, who knows? That's the next question of the day. Sex Babom is a cool one. Yeah, like I, I know there's like some sort of oh, oh no, I thought I had a fun fact. I think there is some sort of fun fact that I just like didn't keep, but I do have a couple about the band themselves. <clears throat> the four the four cast members that made up the band Sex Babom spent several weeks learning how to play together as a band. Mark Weber, Allison Pill, and Johnny Simmons all had to learn their instruments from scratch. Well, Michael Sarah had to, quote, dumb down his bass playing in order not to sh- outshine his bandmates. Damn. Yeah. So he's been playing. He, he, he knows how to slap bass. He also, um, I think I mentioned it last time, but they did, because this year is also the 10th anniversary of this movie, they did like a virtual um, table read of it. Mm-hmm. And he, I think the Ramona song that's later in the movie he actually played it on the live read so i think he still plays it and i think he isn't he in a band or something like a real band Uh, yeah he has i know he has some songs out there i have one of them saved on spotify it's good he's pretty good all right the next one allison pill who plays kim pine only blinks once during the entire movie apart from that she only breaks her gaze three times she lowers her eyes twice and has her eyes closed when announcing sex bomb for the last time. <laughs> I, I like her character because whenever they're arguing during practices, she like cuts them all off and just like mm-hmm. yells, we are sex bomb because she's the drummer and like sets the, the, the temp tempo and, and starts everything off. That's so cool. The thing I also love about her character, it was a fun fact and I didn't write it down, but I remember it. Do you remember the first, I think the first battle of the bands they go to and she gets mad because she sees that their drummer, the band of the other, um, or the drummer of the other band is also a girl. Mm-hmm. And if you notice throughout the movie, all the other bands that are in it, every single one has a girl drummer. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> all right. Um, my next note is just how much I said, I know this is a dumb note, but I just love how visual everything is. That's so that sounds stupid for a movie, but I he it just made me want to watch Edgar Wright's like all of his movies, because I think I've seen a few. But every single one that I've seen of his, I've loved because he has such a distinct style, because for this one, it's it's very visual because of the whole like graphic novel like nature of it um but it also made me think of baby driver where that is very um audio heavy which i guess that also has a good soundtrack yeah that that's another one that's really good yeah edgar wright is he's 
really good with editing action sequences yeah. and and um like getting close ups and showing like really quick actions like opening a door zipping up a a, a sweater or putting yeah. on sweatbands on your on your wrist it is really good there's this one action sequence and i forgot which one of the which one of his movies but it's like where everyone in the town is a robot or something everyone's like really weird in the town the um, end or hot something Fuzz? oh it might be hot fuss is that where they're in the they're in a cult actually yeah that one mm-hmm. uh there's there's one action sequence that's like it's ridiculous how good he is with just his his visuals and his editing it's so annoying because he's good at that but he's also good at the sound part of it like Mm -hmm. his big pitch whenever he was going around to pitch baby driver his his big thing to all the studios was that he guaranteed he said if you make this movie i can guarantee you'll get a sound editing oscar nomination and they did (laughs) i don't remember (laughs) if they won i'm sure they did um but yeah, like just to be that confident that you're good at that aspect of it or that you at least are surrounded with people that are good at that, I aspire. And then we meet my favorite character. I don't know who your favorite character of this movie is, but mine is Wallace. <laughs> I love him. He's I funny. just love Kieran Culkin, though. And if anybody's listening and hasn't seen Succession, I bet you like Wallace in this, you need to watch Succession. Because he... In that show, he's like Wallace, but with money and much more of an asshole. (laughs) Um, And then I love that part where... So basically, Wallace learns that Scott is dating a high schooler, and then he instantly calls his sister to tell (laughs) about the high school girlfriend. And actually, whenever he calls her, she's at work and she has a name tag. And I have a little fun fact about the name tag. So Anna Kendrick who plays the character Stacy Pilgrim, wears the actual name badge of the real-life Stacy, to whom the comic creator Brian Lee Malley, Lee O'Malley, based that character on. And in one of the DVD commentaries, Kendrick specifically asks that someone add this to the trivia in IMDb, so I needed to talk about it. <laughs> Did you watch the DVD comment? Oh, it's just on no. IMDb. Never mind. <laughs> that was on IMDb. No, how am I going to? I don't have the DVD. No whatever then we see um i keep okay that's the one thing i'm gonna probably do is i keep wanting to say michael when i'm talking about scott Scott. (laughs) but scott and his girlfriend knives are at an arcade and i'm just really jealous that they're at an arcade (laughs) they're not social distancing no that's so annoying and that's gonna be like such a thing that my mind does where I'm watching something and I'm like, why are you so close to each other? <laughs> for so long. It's going to happen for so long. Oh man. I have already lost that. I, I kind of want to have that conversation of like, cause I feel like back whenever quarantine first started, I was really, um, not adamant. What is the word I'm thinking of? I guess aware. I was so aware of everything. I was like watching like not only my hands, but I was like desanitizing just everything. And I was making note if, if I went to the store, when I which hand I touched what, you know what I mean? Like I was just like cataloging things in my brain. And mm-hmm. I guess I shouldn't admit this, but I've been so lax about it lately. 
<laughs> where I mean, I'm washing my hands and stuff, but I'm not as like, as soon as I get in the car, I like hand sanitize and everything, you know? So I'm kind of Do you want me to cut this that. out so you don't have to embarrass yourself or? <laughs> but I feel like, I don't know if that's relatable or not, but I feel like I've been talking to my friends about how it's been going on for so long that, I mean, I'm still wearing my mask. I'm still doing all of the big things, but there's certain things where I'm like, well, I don't want to wash my fucking bag of potato chips, you know, like stuff yeah, like that. It's easy to to forget some of that stuff. Yep. So you can keep this in. I can I can embarrass myself and then remember <laughs> to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. All right. Um, then after that, he has a dream of a girl roller skating in the desert. After that, he goes to the library with knives, which he forgets. I think he forgets about, but then he like goes, he's already a bad boyfriend at the very beginning. Yeah, he's terrible. Um, and then he sees this girl from his dream at the library. And I also, the, oh, sorry. What are the freaking odds? I know. It's fate. And I do love the transitions. I don't know what which one I was referring to in this note, but I think like whenever he's having a dream, they don't really make it where he wakes up. He kind of just like, like whenever he gets the package from her, they don't have the scene where he's waking up. He's just like opening the door and we kind of realize that the dream's over. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's the, it's crazy. The transitions I do. I just, I don't even know how to speak on it. Just, we'll go watch the movie and you'll see. <laughs> just go watch the freaking movie. Then after this, they're going to a party that none of them want to be at. Um, and he, I think Scott takes the time to go and ask some guy that's just at the party about this girl. And he tells her, or he tells him that her name is Ramona Flowers. Um, oh. oh. It's so funny, the, the fun fact you got. <laughs> This next one? No, 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 yeah, just read it. <laughs> At the party where he talks to Ramona for the first time, Scott holds up a very badly drawn picture of Ramona and asks if anyone has seen her. Director Edgar Wright said Scott was originally supposed to hold a picture of Ramona from the comic book series, but felt the silly drawing Scott holds up was more comedic, which I'm glad they kept because I feel like if they would have done that, I would have been like, oh, God. I laughed so hard. Because it's just squiggles. <laughs> it's like a circle. Because her hair, the way her hair is, is like two, like it's it's mostly short, but then it has two long strands. And he she just draws that. He, ha- he draws like a circle and then two wiggly lines on the side of the circle. <laughs> it's so funny. I laughed way too hard on that. The guy like knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, And then he looks around and finds her leaning against the wall. He goes up to her and talks to her and it's kind of weird because he's like being really awkward. And then she leaves and he goes around asking about her. But I do have a fun fact about that. This is one of them that you probably have to go back to the actual movie and watch and like see it for yourself. But if you go to that scene of them where they're leaning, they're both leaning against the wall. Um, when Scott first approaches Ramona at the party, the light switch that's visible on the wall is seven feet above the ground near the ceiling. 
The party scene itself was filmed at a frat house in Canada, and the light switch puzzled the director as well as the crew. So if you look, <laughs> the light switch is like so fucking high, and that's just how it was. <laughs> what the? That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny, though. Frat houses are like, I don't know if you, well, no, you don't look at TikTok, but there's sometimes there's TikToks that I see of, um, there's a trend that's like, <laughs> things in my apartment that just make sense and there's one that's like things in a frat house that just make sense and they're they're <laughs> so gross some of them um and i just i want to i mean i feel like this is apparent in the movie but he's such an asshole for like lusting over this girl while he has a girlfriend and i mean the girlfriend the girlfriend that he has is already like the relationship is already questionable because she's so young but whatever and then the lead singer says that he got them a gig and after that scott has another dream of ramona when she wakes him up like i said this is a transition where she wakes him up by delivering his package to her because she works at amazon i forgot to say that and then he asks her out while she's like trying to do her job and she says no instantly and a fun fact about this scene when Scott opens the door to receive the package, Michael Sarah actually did the throw. Um, that like you know when he threw the package and it ended up in the trash, uh-huh. he actually did that, and he they had to do it for thirty three takes, most of which you can see in the outtakes of the DVD. Um, and in a film with so much CGI and SFX, director Edgar Wright wanted the throw to be real for the authenticity. However. The signature shown on screen was a visual effect that was superimposed onto the paper. I'm not going to question his vision, okay? I mean... It's a little weird, but... It's kind of funny, but I don't know. I feel like as... If it was me, I'd be so nervous because I would... I would... I can picture... If I was in this movie and I had to do that, I can picture this conversation... Where he would be like, hey, I, I know we can like do this in post, but I really want you to throw it. And I think I'd be like, hey, but I don't I don't think you understand how how many takes that's going to be. And I, like, I cannot guarantee this is going to happen. Like, this I'd is going to so cost nervous. you millions. <laughs> I, I watched Honestly, the outtakes. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, it was he got pretty close a majority of the time. Like he wasn't that far off. It also isn't far away, right? But he does nah, do it behind his far. back. He does. He like throws it over his shoulder. It's very impressive. And I I guess just like after watching that, it's kind of like opened my eyes, like how much actors have to do the same thing over and over. Like 33 takes. Each one of those takes, it the only thing that was different is where the box landed. They they did oh. the exact same movement. It's ridiculous interesting very very impressive especially i mean it also depends on the director so i don't know about edgar wright specifically there's some directors that just do it within a couple of takes but like for the social network for example um that one they he is like famous i think his name is david fincher i think that's who it is yeah we Um, talked about him yeah but i i don't know what kind of i would prefer though i think i just want to be like a one and done kind of thing it also depends on the actor. Mm-hmm. Like I know from the movies I've seen and the interviews I've seen, there's a couple of, I think like the professionals, like the ones that the actors that are really good that can do it within one take. And one that I know of that people always talk about is Michael Shannon. 
they say that he'll do it in one take and it'll be for, it'll be fine like the director's like okay that's it that's awesome he seems like he could do that that's such a power move i know unless they're just like really scared of him and they just don't want to make him do it again <laughs> all right so then after that he finally uh, he asks her out again and she says yes i don't know it's kind of weird um, and then they meet and they just walk around. Then they go to Ramona's place and they have tea. And another fun fact about probably something unnecessary, kind of like the package. So Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays Ramona, actually memorized all of the kinds of teas that her character rambles. Some crew members kept offering her to just read it from a piece of paper, but she insisted on learning it all. Well, this, this is... um. I wonder if she's upset because it looks like she's reading it. I know. it's not, You can't even see what she's looking at in the frame. <laughs> it really does look like she's reading it. But at the so table like, read, <laughs> if you watch the table read, she obviously she does it. And she does it. I think she. I think she's reading it. I need to watch it again. I don't know if she's reading it this time. But she does it exactly the same without stuttering. So Impressive. Yeah. But also, like, why do you need that many kinds of tea? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're so then they are about to drink tea then they don't and then they're about to hook up is there a, <laughs> can you so hear that train <laughs> wow i'll cut yeah. that out no it's okay you have so much going on back there so they're about to hook up and but ramona says that she like in the middle of kissing she's like i've changed my mind and she just doesn't want to hook up with him um and he's like okay and then the next morning she gives him her number and I thought I okay, I thought I was like, oh, I'm a fucking genius. But then they pointed out later because I was like, she wrote seven X's on it. But I'm, I'm, every uh, that's so obvious. I don't know why I thought it was smart. Oh my gosh, seven X's. Wait for wow. the evil ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Now we're at the show. Oh, and I kind of <laughs> skip across. <laughs> what what a transition. <laughs> Well, I'm known for my transitions. So we're at the show and Ramona finally meets Knives. And then like the notable things is that she meets Knives and Wallace just keeps heckling the band that's on stage, (laughs) which is very funny to me. Um, And a quick fun fact about this. I don't know if you noticed the shirt that Scott is wearing. Um, So at the first battle of the bands, when fighting the first evil ex, Scott is seen wearing a Plum Tree t-shirt. Plum Tree is an all-girl indie rock band that released the song Scott Pilgrim on their 1998 album, Predicts the Future. The song became the inspiration for Brian Lee O'Malley to create the graphic novel's title character. Respect. Without that, (laughs) they'd be nothing. And... This is when we meet the first ex, who is Matthew Patel. And I have a lot of fun facts about him. So the amount that Scott wins after defeating Matthew Patel, plus the extra change Ramona lends him, adds up to the cost of a ride on the Toronto transit system at the time the film was made. You know, that's just the detail that nobody needed, but just needs. No, he needs it. Um... Edgar Wright told his casting director not to hire any English actors at his first, as this was his first North American film. Just for some background, Edgar Wright himself is English. So I think he just wanted it to be fully North American. But 
the guy that plays Matthew Patel successfully passed the audition with a non-English accent, but he later revealed that he was from London. That's funny. Is that good? Impressive. And then I have a little cameo from Michael Bacall, who is the co-writer. I don't know if you remember, but whenever they're like trying to figure out who this guy is, there's a guy that asks, is he a pirate during the fight? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. That's the co-writer. That's funny. And then lastly, whenever he is finally defeated, the KO sound effect that plays whenever he defeats him. Um, And this also plays, I think, when he defeats Gideon at the end is from Sega's Virtua Fighter series of the fighting games. KO. Um, After this, Scott and Ramona leave. I don't really have much to say about the fighting scene. I don't know if you do. No, not nothing really. Also, one of those things that you just got to see. Um, and yeah, then she watch the movie. Then she, this is when she finally reveals to him that he has to defeat her seven evil exes. And mind you, this is all happening while he's still dating knives. Disgusting, deplorable. How dare you, Scott? Also, I really love this next scene whenever he I think he's like telling Wallace about what's happening and the Seinfeld like he he comes in and the Seinfeld theme is playing and it's like a very <laughs> sitcom feel because after everything they're saying, there's like laughter and it's very strange. I really love it, though. Um, And then Wallace tells him that he has to break up with knives or he's going to tell on him. Um, And then after this, this is when. Scott actually does break up with Knives in the record store after she tells him that she loves him. Yeah, that's fucking asshole. Bad timing. Bad timing, man. Poor girl. (laughs) Yeah, and then after this is when because Wallace because Wallace gave him that ultimatum, now Scott can like have Ramona over and whatever. And so she comes over and her hair is blue now. I think the first time it was like pink or purple or something. It's yeah. Yeah. And now or like magenta or whatever, but now it's blue and he freaks the fuck out (laughs) (laughs) because he's because this shows that she's what do you say? She's spontaneous and he's not. And he's just like getting all up in his head about it. Yeah, because she didn't make a big deal about it or something. Yeah. Yeah. He said he just she just changed it, didn't make a big deal and was like, yeah, well, I change it like every week and a half, which is also not really great for your hair, but whatever. Um, I also, one of my favorite lines, or I think my favorite line in this movie is the whole bread one. So mm. they're eating garlic bread. This is when they're, I think it's like their first date or something and he's freaking out, but then they're like eating bread and he's like, yeah, I could eat bread all the time. And she's like, yeah, but it would make you fat. And he was like, when? She's like, bread makes you fat. And he's like, bread <laughs> makes you fat? Cut. Hard cut. Oh, that is so annoying though, that bread makes you fat. so he's freaking out that he's not good enough for her and that his hair is shaggy and so i like that running joke throughout this whole movie that every time he talks about his hair and how much he thinks it's like shaggy his hat just appears on his head yeah and so he makes them go for a walk so that he can kind of he can wear his hat in peace um and this is where they end up at a film set where Lucas Lee, who is played by Chris Evans, is filming a movie, and we find out that he is one of the exes. Ex number two. 
And a couple what are the odds? <laughs> right. A couple of fun facts about this scene. So the stunt doubles of Lucas Lee are the actual stunt doubles for actor Chris Evans. Only a quarter of the doubles actually resemble Evans. Yeah. So a lot of them are shorter. Yeah. Um Lucas Lee's mentioning of letting his stunt double do the wide shots while he gets blazed and his Winnie is based on the antics caused by Wesley Snipes during the making of Blade Trinity in 2004, which was done in Canada. According to sources, including co-star Patton Oswalt, Snipes frequently held up shooting by staying in his trailer and smoking weed. This led to director David Goyer having to use stand-ins and digital effects to add Snipes into, to add Snipes into the scenes. That's so annoying. <laughs> Wow. Kind of, I mean, it's it's annoying, but it's funny in the scene because he keeps because Scott keeps like trying to fight him. But then it ends up just <laughs> being one of his stunt doubles, which is genius. Um, the last fun fact is at one point during the battle, I think it's like towards the end during um, the battle between Scott and Lucas, a fake New York City backdrop is ripped open to reveal the Toronto skyline. This is an in joke to the custom of filming a movie in Toronto while Quote, disgusting to look. <laughs> disguising. Oh, did I say disgusting? I, ha- I don't have my glasses on. While disguising it to look like New York or some other American city, which happens a lot. A lot of like um, places film in Toronto. I think I want to say Umbrella Academy films in Toronto. That means nothing to me. I've been watching it. I've been rewatching it. So it means, it means everything to me. Flame. All right. So then to end to end the fight, he tells Lucas Lee that he he like tells him to like what is it like grinding his skateboard? <laughs> is that what yeah. it's called? Yeah, on on some really, really intense stairs. It's like it's so long. <laughs> very, very long. And he's like, We I don't think you could do it. And then being <laughs> being the um he gets the evil eye. And he does yeah. it and he fails. Exactly. Dies. He pretty much just dies. I wonder how that movie, like, is it going to be finished? Well, I mean, they can just do what they did with Wesley Snipes. They'll just add him in post. That's true. Then yeah. after the fight, he tries to find Ramona and she just like peaced out. <laughs> um, and Scott tries to get a hold of her the next day, but he just can't find her. And then Wallace is just telling him how he needs him to move out. And he's like, well, I was hoping you would just move in with Ramona, but Uh she's obviously nowhere to be found. Um, And then while all this is happening, Envy, which is his ex, I think her name was like Natalie, but then now she's called Envy. um, And she asks him about his new girlfriend. I love her voice in this whole thing. She sounds like, I don't know. I can't. So whiny. Kind of. Yeah. Um, And then his, the next ex, I, I, we don't, I don't think at this point we know that she's an ex, but she like shows up and is just basically threatening Scott, but then she leaves and it's kind of weird. Um, and then he goes to meet up with his sister, but she, she leaves like as soon as he gets there. And then he sees Ramona, like there's so many things happening within one time. And then he sees Ramona there and then Envy shows up and says that she's jealous. There's just all these, all these things happening. Um, and then he says that he's not going to think about Envy anymore. He's like, he's done with her, basically just doesn't want anything to do with her. 
And literally the next scene, the lead singer of his <laughs> band is like, well, she invited us to open for them. And I said, yes, because a gig <laughs> is a gig is a gig. And that's the truth, especially in an upcoming band. Exactly. And then after this, Knives is still reeling about the whole breakup. So she decides to dye her hair. And yeah, she thinks she's not as, as she cool. thinks she's not as edgy or as cool. as cool. And she's like, she keeps calling her old, and she's like, "What is she like? Twenty <laughs> five?" That's you, she, right? Or you're like ancient, though? Yeah, I'm older than that. <laughs> do you uh, do you know old I am? Uh, like thirty five, probably. Yep. So then after that, she texts <laughs> <Yep>. young Neil <laughs> to try to get. I guess that's like one of her plans to try to get him jealous. First she dyes her hair and now she's going to put her attention on young Neil. And so at this next at the, I think this is at the, um, I always forget the like venues, but they're basically after they open is when everything starts to go to shit. Like first the, the opening is like not great. As whenever they finish, everybody is like fucking dead silent. Mm-hmm. And then knives shows up and, I think that's when Ramona figures out that they were dating. And a fun fact about this is when Ramona asks Scott how old Knives is, the roulette wheel in his mind has the following choices. She's nobody. She's 40. Idiot. No, a speak of English. When's dinner? Uh, tell Pac-Man 1980 story. No, you are. Pass out. It was nothing. Who, her? And I gotta pee. Which he ended up saying, I got to pee on her. Because <laughs> it lands it between, I got to pee and who her. Yeah. I got to pee on her. Um, and after this is probably my favorite part of the entire movie, which is, I forgot what Envy's band is name called. Or, well, I can't fucking talk. I forgot what their name is, basically, the band. But I love this scene. That song, which actually is by, I think I have... It's later in the, I think, notes, but um, it's a song called Black Sheep by Metric is the actual song, but I think Brie Larson sings it for this movie. But that whole scene is so good. The way it's cut, too, or like at every beat, you can, or it's a different character and they're just all staring at each other because it's like a stare down, kind of. Oh, because this is also when we learn... So I think she already knows that, yeah, at this point she already knows that Envy is his ex, but this is when we learn that Envy's new boyfriend, Todd, is Ramona's ex. So they're all just staring each other down. This is also when he realizes that. So it's just a big moment. And the song is just fucking good. It's a really good song. And in the, one of the outtakes for this uh, movie, one of the scenes is, uh, or one of the outtakes is Brie Larson like falling and he- she falls so bad on on stage. <laughs> is this like on YouTube or something? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, okay. it's funny because like the earlier in the movie, whenever uh, I get the party scene and the front house with the weird light switch, mm-hmm. there's like no one is speaking. It's just like because obviously it's not a real party. It's just it is weird. A little peek behind the scenes, but like it's just no one is saying anything. And same for the concert. It's just like. Brie Larson's the only one who's like kind of singing just to like sync up the audio with or with the visual. Mm-hmm. 
but it's just like dead silent. It's weird. Yeah, that's that happens in a lot of basically. I think almost every movie or TV yeah. show or something, it's usually silent. It's just weird. Or if they do play a song, because sometimes. At the time of filming, that doesn't necessarily mean they have all the rights to the songs that they can use during the movie. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, (laughs) you're going to be mad, but the only thing I can think of is Umbrella Academy. There's that that show is also very um, has a really good soundtrack and it uses a lot of songs like during fight scenes and stuff. But there's one scene, I think, during the second season (coughs) where they're all where a couple of them are dancing and they were dancing to a different song that they didn't realize would be in the new one. So sometimes they do have music playing, but it doesn't really match up. And yeah, but yeah. for party scenes, that does make sense to not have any music, but it also is probably super awkward because <laughs> mm-hmm. there's so many people and I think they all have to be quiet so that you can do your lines. And that's yeah. just so awkward to like be talking to one person, but everybody can hear you. <laughs> Strange. Yeah. So after the show is when... <clears throat> the band and Ramona knives, all of them get invited backstage and it's so awkward. And then out of nowhere, Todd just like punches the shit out of knives because she, she like, I don't even know what she did. Either way, it was very weird. And he says he doesn't care if he hits a girl because he's a rock star. (laughs) Well, it's because uh, knives is obsessed with envy and knives. I think the breaking Mm. point is when knives says, Wait, I've kissed lips that you've kissed, and then oh, he just yeah, punches. Yeah. But it was so weird. I was like, "What?" Like she, I, I guess she's being annoying, but like, what? Like it was just so strange. Um, and then he punched. And he punched her so hard that he punched the highlights out of her hair. Oh, so strange. Um, and then Todd, that, huh? That I liked. That was funny. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but whatever. Um. Then Todd reveals that he has powers because he's vegan, which makes you, quote, better than most people. I really, I love the whole vegan stuff. Like the vegan police and everything is so funny. Didn't he say something like, I don't want to brag about it or something? Yeah, but that, the quote, like whenever, I think it's Envy that says that he's like, when you're vegan, it makes you better than most people. So he doesn't say that, but Envy does. Um, Oh, and a fun fact. So... Whenever the moon is shown in the movie, I didn't have a chance to actually look at this, but apparently whenever the moon is shown, it's full and there's a hole in it because Ramona's third boyfriend, who Todd Ingram, the vegan, is mentioned in the flashback to have punched the hole there for her when they dated. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So if you watch the movie again and you look at the moon every time it's shown, it should have a hole in it. Very cool. And in the graphic novel, Todd punches a second hole in the moon for Envy Adam. So it's just something he does. He's just going to do that regardless. <laughs> He's just going to punch a hole. Um, and then he defeats, or Scott finally defeats him by giving him half and half. Kind of Prince's Bride style, where he like, he has two things of coffee and he offers it to her, or to, to her, <laughs> to Todd. And Todd thinks he's offering him the half and half, but they actually both have half and half. Do you, have you seen Princess Bride? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, the poison. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> and then the vegan police take away his powers because it's his <laughs> third strike. Because the first one, I think he like had eggs or something, or he had something that had eggs in it. 
And then the second one, he had chicken. He had chicken parmesan. He's like, chicken's not vegan. Stupid. Then after that, they decide to go to some after party where the next ex appears, which is, which a fun fact that I did it. I'm so mad that I didn't realize this, but one of the evil exes, who is this one that we're talking about now, is portrayed by Mae Whitman, who previously played the girlfriend of Michael Sarah's character in Arrested Development. Her? I didn't even put that like connection together. Yeah. And for me, I mean, we can talk about your if you have a favorite one later, but this is my favorite fight scene between it's kind of it's supposed to be between Scott and um I think May's character is Roxy. It's supposed to be between them two, but Ramona and Roxy kind of have a fight. And I really love that fight scene. Eh. <laughs> you don't like it? It's all right. It it's felt not like the favorite. coolest one to me. But um, one of the fun facts, too, about Roxy, which is kind of like the one for um, the drummer, is when the camera is on her face, she never blinks. She only blinks in the fight scenes as she starts losing and when she is defeated. (laughs) Then after defeating Roxy, Scott asks Ramona to give him a list of her evil exes. And she sarcastically says that she might have it laminated. And a few minutes later, when she actually gives him the list, it is in fact laminated. I didn't even notice that. Is it really? I didn't notice it either, but it's in the fun facts. So I'm going to say it. I don't remember giving... Did she give him a, fu- a list? Maybe yeah, like she dinner. like she ran like stormed off and then walked back and just gave him the list and walked back away. Oh yeah, yeah. Then yeah, I've probably laminated. I don't. I don't think I noticed. Um. Then they're have they're in the middle of a fight because he's tired of the evil exes, and he's being such an ass. And she's like, "You're an evil ex waiting to be made or something." And they just that have like hit. a fight. Yeah. That hit. So now we're at Battle of the Bands, where they're competing against twins who are both her exes. And the um oh a fun fact about this band. So the band the battle whoa. Band battle. The battle between Sex Bobomb and a Canadian rock band and the who Kata Yanija twins, a Japanese electronic group was performed by Beck an American rock musician, and Cornelius Kago Oyamada, an electric musician from Japan. So those songs were not performed by the people that were in the movie, basically. And this is when we learned... So I think... um, I forgot the guy's name, but the lead singer of Sexbo um, keeps talking about G-Man. He's like trying to impress this G-Man guy, and we learn that it's actually Gideon who is the guy that formed the League, or I think it's the League, right, of Evil Exes. The League, yes. He's basically the leader of them, which is like kind of like the final boss. And Ramona is like standing with him. And then this is... Huh? With her hair changed, it's green now. It's green now, yeah. And Ramona breaks up with Scott right after this because she wants to be with Gideon. She says that she can't help herself when she's around him. And truly, and so Gideon is played by Jason Schwartzman. And honestly, I get it. Gross. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Why are you mad? It's just it's just dumb. Truly, I I I get it, girl. I I I couldn't help myself either. 
Oh man. And so he finally he signs um their band. But Scott's Without like Scott. having yeah, because Scott's like doesn't want to sign with them, and then the lead singer just does it instantly. And then he takes off with Ramona and he's being just a little dickling. And then Scott takes some time to be a sad boy. And then after that, he realizes I think he like is him and Wallace are like talking about it, and he's kind of like, Oh, I'm kind of I just need to get over it. Or Wallace tells him, like, you just need to get over it, dude. Like, it's it's done. She's with him now. Who cares? But then he's calls him and just basically gloating and just being such an asshole. And Wallace is like, fuck that. You need to go, like, beat his ass, basically. Um, Yeah, and so Scott goes to the Chaos Theater, which is the theater that Gideon, I guess, just opened. Mm-hmm. And I have, I shared this with you last night, but I have a kind of a fun fact that I, they, I realized when I was watching it last night. So when he goes to the Chaos Theater, he has to go through like two people, or it's like three people. So there's one guy at the first kind of checkpoint where he has a password and I don't remember what the passwords were, but the <laughs> second one, do you remember what it was? The pa- the, the first one was like, uh... It was just like a sigh, and the other one was like, come on, guys, or something like that. Yeah, that it was effect. just dumb. But at the second checkpoint, one of the guys that is in the movie that's like, I guess, the bodyguard, I don't know what you would call him, or bouncer, he's in Thirsty, which is the miniseries that I, like, worked on. Which is crazy. That you can watch at Thirsty.show and watch the movie and then watch Thirsty, and you can figure out who I'm talking about. It's the guy on the right. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's the guy on the right. All right. So when he finally gets in, Scott fights a bunch of uh, he fights a bunch of people to get to Gideon. Well, we also see Sex Babam, who they look fucking miserable, and basically they sold out to Gideon, and they're just not happy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he's fighting, Knives enters the scene, but she doesn't want to fight Gideon or Scott. She wants to fight Ramona, and then Scott gets killed. But then because he like. He goes back in time because he's like starting to realize that he is going about this all wrong. Um, uh, no, he does not go back in time. Okay. He has another life. So he yeah, starts but it over. He goes back, though, is what I'm saying. He doesn't go back in time. He just restarts. It's a game. Whatever. He restarts the mission. Come on. Anyways. Get with the program. Well, this time he does everything right. Instead of fighting to defend Ramona's honor kind of thing. He fights for his own Mm -hmm. self-respect. And there's a lot of, there's some things I didn't care for in this movie. And I, like we said, it's, it's 10 years old. So there's some where I'm like, eh, like they do say the R word in it. I don't know if you saw that. No, I don't remember that. Yeah. That was kind of like cringy. And then this whole, like the thing that knives keeps like, talking about she keeps calling Ramona fat and like Ramona's not fat and also fat is not really an insult like I don't know that was kind of like tiring after a Mm -hmm. while but eh, whatever I guess product of its time but at the end I do like I guess that whole message of him like wanting to fight Gideon to fight Gideon rather than and him doing it with knives basically like, he's not just doing it on his own. It's not just, like, him trying to be self-righteous. It's him trying to settle something, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you not have a favorite fight scene? 
I would when's the guess, last one? Yeah, I was going to say, I would guess it would be the last one. Maybe uh, just, where he goes back in time. <laughs> goes back in time. No, it's just like he he knows what he's doing. And he... Yeah. I like when he like pulls the sword like out of his chest. And when like, he earns self-respect. Yeah. Fight. Yeah, it's a good fight scene. I also love the next part where Gideon's like, well, now you have to fight yourself. And it's like, I think it's like Mega Scott or something, right? Mega Scott. It's like a grayed out version with red eyes. Yeah. But then, so they're eyes. about to fight, apparently. He's like, I think <laughs> Knives and Ramona are like going to help him. And he's like, no, I need to do this on my own. And then we cut <laughs> to Ramona and Knives waiting outside. And he comes, he like walks out. And he's like standing, he's like walking out, talking to the other Scott. And he's just like, they're, they're like making plans to go to brunch. And he's like, yeah, they're like, oh, did you fight? And he's like, no, we just kind of chatted. He's a really, he's a really nice guy. We have a lot of similarities. <laughs> he's like, we have a lot in common. We're going to have brunch. So I funny. I love that part where, because I, when that happened, I remember, I don't remember much of this movie, but whenever that happened i couldn't remember if there was actually a fight and i was all like i was all um violenced out where i was like i don't want to watch another fight and so i really love that they did that because at least for me i was like oh already exhausted <laughs> yeah and it was just it just uh what's it called it just wasn't what you expected yeah but very very funny i loved it um, and then Ramona just says she's going to leave so that him and Knives can, like, be together. I don't know. She's just like, I got, I need to go. I need to remove myself from the situation. But then <laughs> Knives is, like, telling Scott, like, you, you need to go get her. Like, you were fighting for her this whole fucking time. Like, just go. And then he catches up with her. And then they leave together through this, like, weird door. I didn't. I was looking through the fun facts to see if that, like, what that meant. But I couldn't find anything. I don't know if you know, but... <laughs> I think it's the door to her apartment. Oh, okay. I, I think so because it, it had that <laughs> star on it, and I think it was the same one from when, I don't know. I think that's what it was. Well, they do mention, because she, say, she says that she wants to start over, and I think, I mean, Wallace is already kicking him out, so it does make sense for him to go with her and start over. So I think that's probably like just a symbol of them going through a new door a new journey i like the the ending too with the continue like counting down oh yeah yeah i like that too oh that was perfect ending <clears throat> all right i have a few more fun facts actually a lot more <laughs> go so for let's it. just go through these knock it out edgar wright has stated the movie was done in the style of a musical but instead of the characters breaking into song and dance they break into a fight the battle between Scott Pilgrim and Matthew Patel is done in the style of a Bollywood fight scene. Yeah, because they're like kind of singing too and dancing. <laughs> yeah, that's very Bollywood. Um, the original concept for Scott Pilgrim is based around two premises. The first was the idea of what if after a life of playing of playing fighting games, someone confronted you and you had to actually and you actually had the ability to fight like Street Fighter characters. The second was a concept. Oh, the second concept came about when Brian Lee O'Malley was dating his future right his future wife, when he learned that she had dated three different guys named Matthew O'Malley. What? 
Oh, IMDb is tripping with their formatting. So she dated three different guys named Matthew. And so he came up with the idea of a League of Matthews. The idea developed into the the League of Evil Exes. Matthew Patel is the only... (laughs) Should I do that again? No, you're fine. I'm losing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) You're fine. You try to read these, ho. I'll, I'll read the next ones, bro, because okay. that was that was hard. But yeah, Matthew Patel is the only evil ex. To I keep usually the name try Matthew. to read these beforehand, so this doesn't happen, and so you can tell I just did not read this one. That was rough. <laughs> so yeah, the idea developed into the League of Evil Exes. Matthew Patel is the only evil ex to keep the name Matthew. All right, do the next one because I'm <laughs> struggling. The Canadian band Broken Social Scene wrote the two four-second so- four songs, We Hate You, Please Die, and I Am So Sad, So Very, Very Sad, for Crashing the Boys. Metric and other Canadian band wrote the song Black Sheep, which is performed by Scott's rival band, The Clash at Demon Head. Oh, that's the name of their band. <laughs> oh, it was wrote specifically. F- it was written specifically for this song or for this movie? Maybe. That'd be cool. That's a good song. I have that saved, Black Black Sheep. And as a clue to the fights with the evil exes that Scott will have to endure, there are many exes presented in the film. Tracks in the snow, shadows on the swing sets, all forming the letter X, as does ultimately the X-Men patch on Scott's coat surrounding the pedestrian crossing signs. And surrounding pedestrian crossing signs. Yeah, that that one I remember specifically. The X-Men patch, kind of, but... He was like, it was when he was walking and he was like kind of tired of the evil exes. And it's when, um, what the, I don't remember her name. The Roxy. only Roxy, when, she, when he interacts with her for the first time, like after that is when you see the pedestrian crossing signs with the X. All right, let me redeem myself. I can do the rest. Go, go for it. <laughs> Matthew Patel is the only evil ex that Scott defeats single-handedly. Lucas Lee obliterates himself in an accident. The vegan police help to defeat Todd. Ramona helps to defeat Roxy. Steven Stills and Kim help to defeat the twins. And Knives and Ramona help defeat Gideon. Ain't nothing wrong with that. He's work smarter, not harder. (laughs) In the film, Scott Pilgrim is 22 years old and his sister... Stacy Pilgrim is 18. In real life, actor Michael Sarah is nearly three years younger than Anna Kendrick, who plays his sister. Likewise, Ellen Wong, who plays 17-year-old Knives Chow, is actually three years older than Sarah. <laughs> oh, you'll like this one. Robert Pattinson, Sebastian Stan, Rooney Mara, Zoe Kazan, and Betty Gilpin are among the future stars who auditioned for this movie, according to Wright and the casting directors in the 10-year anniversary interviews. Robert Pattinson. He would have been a good ex, maybe. I don't know which one, though. He's not a... No, he would have been a good... um... I don't know. Maybe like one of um, Wallace's boyfriends. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's cool. All right. An alternate ending was filmed in which Ramona left to explore what she was like without a boyfriend. And Scott and Knives ended up back together. What do you think about that ending? Uh, I like everything except for Knives and then Scott back together. Because. I don't know. They, I Knives did... is too nice for him. He yeah, was mean. she's also too young still. 
Oh, I don't know that. Well, I don't know the law in Canada, but because she was 17, right? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> not only is she too nice for him, too young. <laughs> I would have liked Ramona not being with anybody, though. I think I would have yeah. liked the ending. That would have been fine with me. All right, the last one. Edgar Wright obtained permission to use the famous theme song from the SNES game. <laughs> what? What is that? SNES. It's just. <laughs> yeah, you redeemed yourself. What is that, though? It's just a console. Oh, I thought that stood for something. Su- Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Why don't they say Nintendo? I'm not going to know that. All right, so the game Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past by writing a letter to Nintendo saying that it is considered to be the nursery rhyme of this generation. Is that true? I don't even would I recognize that sound? I mean, you're probably not a part of the generation, but maybe. Well, I guess. He was also allowed to use the Seinfeld theme song for a sitcom style sequence. Good sequence. Oh yeah. I forgot that there was the Seinfeld theme song. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I had no idea. It came to me as a surprise. All right, final thoughts. I love this movie. I'm very surprised that it didn't do well in theaters. I wonder why not. Uh, maybe bad timing. I don't know. I guess it would do. It would do really good uh, in today's age. Yeah, and I've always it's always been a movie to me that a lot of people loved. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, too, there's probably movies now that. I guess that's a good question, but I could have we probably had to prepare, like prepare for it. But like what movie now do you think had a bad opening or a bad reception, but is going to be more popular later? Uh, yeah, that's that's hard to say. There is one that I saw a tweet about. Um, There's a movie Widows. Have you seen that with Viola Davis? And no. Oh, no, but I know what you're talking about. And I can see why. I when I saw it, I saw it in theaters and it was I think I like told Sebastian we should go see it. I didn't know much about it. I just knew Viola Davis was in it. So I was like, obviously, I need to go see it. But I didn't have much expectations for it because it didn't really have much marketing for it. And then after I saw it, I was like, this movie was fucking amazing. Like, how is nobody talking about it? And it should have swept that entire award season, but nothing. So that's a f- the first one I can think of. I'm sure there's one. Maybe yeah. Tenet. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody will see it. Or the people that do see it are probably going to like die or something. Yeah, they will die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's my final thoughts. Any final thoughts? good movie please watch it yeah Um, i don't think any like no podcast that talks about this can really do it justice so you need to go watch it yeah but hopefully you liked some of the little tidbits that i managed to get out because there's some that i just my brain was like yeah you can't read today uh (laughs) all right are you ready for next week what are we watching what are we watching so I I was I had a hard time trying to pick what we we're gonna watch because I wanted to pick something that I knew neither of us had seen, but it is but is newish. I didn't want to pick like an older movie. 
So I think I picked a great one and I'm excited. All so right, it's on up? Netflix, came out in 2018, and it's called Burning. Oh, okay. I've I heard of it. I think it's I... not in English. <laughs> so, and it's also very long. Looking at it now, it has a running time of two hours and 28 minutes. Um, oh. So not a fan of how long it is, but I have heard a lot of great things about it, especially when it came out two years ago. I heard so many great things and I just never got a like, you know how you were picking movies that you've been wanting to watch again or you just want to watch in general. This mm-hmm. is one that I want to watch. And so I'm forcing us to watch it. And just to get a little Netflix synopsis of it. An aspiring writer goes to the airport to pick up a high school friend returning from a trip to Africa, but is disheartened to see her with another man. Oh. <laughs> Sad. All right, Burning on Netflix is what we're watching. Sounds good. All right. See you next time. Know. Wear a mask. Any yeah, last words? I don't know why this this gap between episodes felt like so long it did it felt like a month <laughs> it was good to be back join the discord i know we haven't been as active but we will be yeah it was, fun at of least Livia. for me it was just the whole moving stuff yeah keeping honestly i like i like when i mess up it keeps me humble <laughs> gross nobody makes fun of me so i mean at least not to my face so if you want to make fun of me that's fine but I mean, you try reading out loud when you're reading something for the first time. I know I shouldn't you, do that to myself, but I do it and it happens. You try reading numbers. Eh? <laughs> Truly try it. It's hard. <laughs> I've been there. This one has had so many fucking IMDb notes that I just like skimmed most of them. And I was like, I'll read it beforehand so I don't mess up. And obviously I did it. And it's uh, it's my fault. And I need to punish myself. <laughs> Just listen to this episode again. That would be fun. <laughs> I do listen to most of them. I started not to, but I I don't even bother. <laughs> Other than what I edit, no. Like I I take mental notes now. I used to listen to everyone, but now I've been kind of less inclined to. Yeah. But yeah, let us know what you think, though. Leave us a review. We don't really have many reviews on if any Apple. So please, if you are so inclined, leave us a review. Five stars, four, three, two, one, whatever you want. I don't care. No, I'm kidding. Five, please. Five. If we've earned it. Give us what we deserve. (laughs) Keep us humble. All right. See ya. Bye.